All right, well, we're going to uh, continue in our series hearing from him. We're not quite done with that. So Romans 8, 14, let's go ahead. It's been a few weeks since we've um, covered some of these things. So let's look at Romans 8. They'll put it up on the screen, but Romans 8, 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit. The word translated there, led, uh, is a present participle. Now I'm not going to get into any of that. This is stuff I've, I've taken from other sources. Um, you know, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can give you this information. And so that form of the word, it may be translated as many as are continually being led by the Spirit of God. So when it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, you could, be, you could look at that as, as many as are continually being led by the Spirit of God. So this isn't a one-time thing. This, this is continual. In other words, God is continually leading His children. If we'll listen and learn how to hear from Him, which is why we're covering these things, we can uh, understand that He is leading us consistently, constantly. He's not just giving you a shove and letting you go, you know, and see if you make it. He is uh, leading us continually, and He's leading us in our spirit. We talked about that. Um, John 10, verse 1 Let's look at these scriptures uh, before we go on. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Everybody say, I hear God's voice. Say, so I am led by the Lord. It says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. Do you know he knows your name? There's a song about that a long time ago. He knows my name. He knows your name. He calls you by name. It says he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. They do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 10 John 10, 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's why Jesus came. Anything that will steal, kill, and destroy or goes toward those things, it's the devil, period. But God has come that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Have it to the full. Have it in abundance. Have it to overflowing, other translations say. Uh, verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So Jesus says right here, Nobody can take you. From the Father. If you're God's, then you're God's. You, you can take yourself out. That's another thing. I mean, you can go away from Him, but nobody can take you out of His hand. 
You don't have to worry about the devil somehow coming and getting you away. If we'll learn to uh, learn our rights and privileges, learn that, yeah, we have an enemy, but we are victorious over him. He's defeated. Uh, see, he tries to make people think that he can come and do anything he, want. he wants. He can't do that. And it says right here, no one can snatch us out of the Father's hand. We need to understand, if we'll follow God, stay with Him, do what He tells us to do, there's nothing that can touch us. It may look, there, there may be uh, symptoms, there could be circumstances, and then the devil comes and he tries to see, this and this is going to happen. He'll try to play you a video. Try to give you photographs of what's going to happen. Those are lies. Don't yield to him. How he gets access is by yielding to him and you starting to fear and thinking. See, he, he works this way by intimidation. He, he doesn't have any legal right. This is the way outlaws work. They try to steal. They try to intimidate. They try to get what somebody to give them something that's not theirs that they have no right to, but they try to do it by intimidation. That's what the devil does, but he has no right. And so if we'll follow God, then we'll understand that he has nothing, that Satan has nothing in us, he can't do anything, and he can't keep us out of the plan of God. He cannot keep us out of hearing from God. If we'll, the clearer we get on hearing from him and knowing how to hear from him, then the devil has no way to interfere with that. He'll try, but he doesn't have any way... He cannot counterfeit the witness that you have in your spirit when you're following God. He can't counterfeit that. Now, he can do stuff with circumstances. That's why we can't, we're not led by circumstances. Doesn't matter what somebody said and somebody did. Not everybody's controlled by God. Not everybody yields to God. Some people yield to other stuff, and so they did something, so that must mean I should do something. No. Will some circumstance happen? We live in a fallen world. You can't go by anything you see. You don't, you don't be led by that, but, but, but nobody can counterfeit that inward witness. And we talked about that and the peace of God and the leading of God. Uh, let's look at Psalm 32. We're going to put it up in the New Living Translation. Psalm 32.8 says, uh, and the NLT says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. In the Living Bible, it says, I will instruct you, says the Lord, and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch your progress. Now that gives you, that, that brings a connotation, it's not a one-time thing. You know, like we saw in, the, in Romans 8, 14 with being led continually. Here, he says, I'll instruct you. He says, I'll guide you along the best pathway. Well, along the pathway doesn't say, well, there's the path, go to it. He's going to guide you along the pathway. That means he's going with you. That means he's giving you constant direction. That means he's helping you. That means he'll help you course correct if you need to. He's, he's talking to you. He, he is showing you little by little. It says, I will advise you and watch your progress. Well, that, again, that brings a connotation. He's going to advise you. You need help in something. You want to see something. He'll advise you. He'll show you. He's there continually. Not just today. Not at the beginning of each year. Thank God. You know, here's your guidance for 2020. I'll see you in 2021. No, he, you may have a direction, but, but he's going to help you walk out step by step. He's going to be talking to you step by step. Anytime you need 
uh, counsel. That doesn't mean you're going to hear direction all the time and switching directions, but as you need it, he's there. He'll, he'll guide you in the small affairs of life if we'll learn to listen. Uh, in the CEV version, it says, You said to me, I will point out the road that you should follow. I will be your teacher and watch over you. What does a teacher do? They, they are hands-on, right? Think of an elementary school teacher. You know, they, they, they manage that classroom and they're there to help. Somebody raises their hand, teacher, can you help me? They come over, they're helping, they're constantly guiding. You don't take a bunch of, you know, second graders or third graders and, and manage them the way you do a college level class. You know, that you don't you think you're going to get that help at, at that level. It's a little different, you know, they're going to look at you funny. Uh, but uh, we are not without God. We need the help. And as you mature, he's going to deal with you in different ways. But he is always, he's your teacher. And he's going to deal with you in a way you can understand, in a way you can comprehend. What's the point of him communicating with us if we don't understand? That's not full communication. If somebody's just talking at you and you're not listening, and that does, or you can't comprehend them, that doesn't help you. Well, you don't think God knows what you can understand? You don't have to worry about that. We said in other scripture, you, no, nobody's going to snatch you out of his hand. God Almighty knows what you need. He knows what you can understand, and he knows if you're getting it or not, and he knows if he needs to repeat it. You don't have to worry about him not getting it through to you. If, the thing is, if we'll, be, if we'll be sensitive and listening and our heart is to hear him, you will hear him. Hear him. He's a good father. He knows, what you, he knows how to get it across to you. You don't have to worry about that. He said, I'll, follow, I'll, I'll make sure. Can you put up the, the Living Bible again? This is my favorite um, version of this. I will instruct you, says the Lord. I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. That implies he's going to show you around the curves and around the different parts. He's going to advise you. He's going to watch your progress. He's going he's to keep tabs on you. That implies he knows something about your situation. He didn't just, you know, kickstart the thing and then go deal with something else. And then come back, oh, you have this in a mess. No, he is there all the time. Amen? He is leading us and guiding us and helping us. He's there for us. Uh, Philippians 1 verse 3. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who begun a good work, who has begun a good work in you, he will complete it. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you along the best pathway. And what he has put in you, he's going to continue it. Now, it's not all up to him. He's not going to just do it for you. But if you'll give him your will, if you'll give him your heart, he will lead you and guide you and he will bring it to pass. Now, we're talking about being led. And one thing I want to focus on tonight, just, you know, as setting the stage with some of these scriptures, and we'll get into some things, is that 
God is going to lead you step by step. God is not going to just give everything that you need out ahead of time and just set you and just let you go. We've already said some of these things. He's going to lead you. And you need, we need to understand it's a process. We need to understand that it's not going to happen overnight, everything that He's guiding you and leading you. You're not going to have a complete picture of everything that He's got for you to do right now. You need to, you'll have to walk by faith. If you knew everything that was going to happen, number one, there wouldn't be, in faith and involved, it wouldn't be faith involved. Number two, you would try to do it in the way you could understand it could happen, and you'd probably mess it up. You would mess it up, I mean, if we dare say. I would, too. Everybody. You know, because you think, all you can see, if God were to reveal everything about your life that He needs to, or that you're going to do right now, you would interpret it based on what you know now. But that's not the way life is. Where you're going to be three years from now, the whole, everything around you and all the circumstances have changed so that it's a different environment at that point. It's a moving target. Well, if he tries to communicate with you in exact detail, everything out here, your mind can't necessarily wrap around that because you're saying how. You're looking at now. But if you could see what he sees, you'd say, well, of course. But if you try to make it happen with what you know now, you can't even begin to do that. You don't even know what lever to pull because the stuff that's going to be there isn't even in sight at that point. So we need to understand that we, we, as we're seeking God and his will for our life and to be led by him, He's going to lead you step by step, and you can't pull things out of Him. He's going to lead you as you need to know things, and you need to be patient. We need to be patient with Him. If we're in a hurry, we're, we're on the wrong side uh, of the issue. If we're trying to push stuff, see, even if we've heard certain things, it's tempting to try to do things too fast. So you can take the right thing, you can hear the what, and you can try to do it at the wrong time, and it becomes the wrong thing. You, when is as important as what? There are times to shout. If you're in the middle of a football game and your team's winning, there's a time to shout. But there are places and circumstances. If you're at a wedding, and they're saying their vows, that's not the time to jump up and shout and do the wave. It's just not, it's the wrong thing. But later that day or the next day, if there's a football game, it's the right thing. And if you're just sitting there quiet, you know, and acting like nothing's going on when you paid however much to be at a football game, that's probably the wrong thing, too. Maybe you like to watch a game like that. But the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. So we need to understand that God will lead us. He'll lead us one step at a time. He's not going to lead us all at once. And so whatever he tells you to do at the given time, that's what you need to do. Don't try to, think, don't try to do everything. Do the thing he tells you to do. Hebrews 13, 20. We'll look at this in the Amplified. Now may, God, may the God of peace, who is the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed and ratified the everlasting agreement, strengthen, complete, perfect, 
and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out His will. So it's saying, the end of, we'll read 21 again. It says, may the Lord Jesus, this is a prayer you can pray for yourself or for whomever. It said, may He strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out His will. He's going to equip you. When you say you're going to equip someone, uh, that can be something quick, but over time, God is going to equip you for what He ultimately has for you. You know, He that has begun a good work in you, He's going to complete it. But it's not today, not tomorrow. You're going to be prepared for what you have to do now, but you're, you're going to be continually equipped for what He has for you in the future. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to complete. He's going to perfect or mature. And this is, takes time. And in anything that He asks you to do, in any area, if you be patient, if you let Him lead you, and not try to go ahead of Him, you're going to be able to see Him out ahead. If you try to go If you get too fast, then you can get ahead of him and you can't see him leading and you can get into trouble. But if you'll slow down, he'll be out in front of you. Brother Hagin used to say that. The Lord told him, told Brother Hagin, I'd rather you be too slow than too fast. If you're too fast, you can get yourself in trouble. You you outpace him. But if you're too slow, you can still see him. And if it's God, it's not going to change overnight. It'll still be him, and you'll see him, and he's leading, and you'll be like, that's what I need to do. And like we said, he knows how to speak to you. He's going to make it clear. He's out there in front of you, and you say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you can follow him. But patience, he is over time. He is getting us into the position that we can do the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. See, in this world, we want everything now. The world wants everything yesterday. You know, if something takes two days to ship now, sometimes that's too slow. Good night. Go back how many years, you know, it wasn't... I remember this, this figure that I wanted, a little figurine when I was growing up. It was a special thing that they had. They had this offer, and you would get it free if you had so many boxes, box tops or something from a different one. And so this one was supposed to be coming out. And I looked at the thing and it said allow six to eight weeks or something like that for delivery. And I don't know, I was in elementary school. That is a long time that you're waiting. I would check the mailbox every day for that thing. And then, you know, it was like it wasn't available. It wasn't part of the collection yet. By the time I got that thing, it was in the store. Anybody could buy it. They do this offer, but... You know, they basically were waiting until they were actually making the things and shipping it to you. That was forever. Now everybody, you know, six to eight weeks, are you kidding me? As, you don't, there's nothing hardly ever that's ever, if, I mean, I'm talking about the consumer level, where it's six to eight weeks lead time. Nobody waits that. They'll be like, I'm going to the next vendor. You're way too long. I'm, who else can I get it from, right? Food, want to snap, you know, right away. And you just know that means they already had it prepared. But we need to understand that not everything in this world is going to be quick, especially with God. 
We need to understand that He's going to lead us step by step, and we need to understand it's a process. He said, I'll strengthen, complete, or you would ask the Lord to strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out His will, while He Himself works in you. (coughs) See, He is working in us. We need to allow Him to work in us. We need to allow Him to lead us. Allow Him to guide us. Allow Him to carry out His will. See, not your will. His will. He is working out what you need to learn and you need to be guided in and you need to develop. Well, He Himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. We need to learn that God is working in us. To be led by Him, we need to understand that it's His plan. See, sometimes we get impatient because we want what we think. We want our plan. But if we'll learn it's His plan, and Lord, you're working it out in me. Well, yeah, but I need to do such and such. Is that your plan or is that His plan? Is that, is that the next thing? Is that what He's leading you? Or is that what you, you know, our flesh, our, our uh, mind, our soul can want certain things? But if we'll just be led by Him, learn to take it a step at a time, then we'll be, we'll be walking in His plan, and His plan's good. Let's look at, uh, put a few of these other scriptures up. Proverbs 19, verse 2. Proverbs 19, verse 2 says, Also it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, and he sins who hastens with his feet. It says uh, in the New Living Translation, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. You ever heard that saying, haste makes waste? See, there's, a, there's certain sayings that people say, and they quote them like they're Bible, but they're not Bible. But some of, them, some of them actually line up with the Word of God. That's one of them. We have Scripture right now. We'll look at a couple more. That is biblical. I remember a guy is saying that. He said, you know, we were, taught, we were doing engineering, and he, I worked with him many years ago. And I remember him saying, we were, you know, some, they were trying to get us to do this stuff really fast. And he was like, my grandma used to say, haste makes waste. Haste makes waste. And he goes, we're just going to end up redoing it. Well, sometimes we want something fast. We want, if I'll just do this, I'll be further. But how many of you know, how, how many of you live long enough to know that the fast way, if it's not, if you don't know what you're doing and it hasn't been thought out, can cost you a lot more time, the quote-unquote fast way, than the way that seems slower, but it's actually, you don't have to redo it three times. You know, just because it's, well, this one's going to take 10 minutes, another one's going to take 30. Yeah. But is our one really going to take 10? Or is it really going to take 45 by the time you get all done with everything? In the Amplified, it says, Desire without knowledge is not good. It doesn't matter that you want something. Are you going the right way? God knows the right way. He knows the way to get there. It says, And to be over hasty is to sin and miss the mark. Uh, Proverbs 21, verse 5, says the plans of the diligent 
lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those uh, of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. In the Amplified, it says, The thoughts of the steadily diligent tend only to plenteousness, but everyone who is impatient and hastens only or hasty, hastens only to want. It means you're going real fast, but you're actually going real fast to losing it, losing things. But God's way is never like that. His way is always right. I mean, would you rather wait a little bit longer, but get the right thing, get the right plan, get the right result, that's solid, that you don't have to backtrack, that it's done-done. You know, we used to, you know, I have a background in software, worked in software for a long time, and you can do things that look like, you know, on the outside, like it's done. Like, okay, we got her done, and move on to the next thing. The only thing is, if you do stuff quick, like, I, I, there was a... Um, <clears throat> Another, uh, we were having a discussion about this other organization that was doing this stuff really fast, you know, generating some product really fast. They, they weren't a, comp, a competitor, but we were just talking about it. And when they talked about how fast they were doing it, everybody that was involved was like, what? Um, are they doing this? Are they doing this? Are they, because they were like, oh, we've, we've come up with this product. But we were like, the people that do this stuff all the time were thinking, yeah, but you have to do this and this and this and this for it to be quality. It, are they taking all these things into consideration? Well, no, 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 no. Well, I don't care that you're saying it takes you this long to do it. You're not really doing it. You're just doing something that looks like it. It doesn't do any good to get something done that looks like it, that's not solid, it's going to blow up. And then when, you, when it blows up, then you've got to pick up all the pieces, and then you've got to fix it, and then it ends up taking way more time, and people are frustrated, and it's just not worth it. And, you know, that's what a lot of people are doing in life. They, it looks like they're going fast. It looks like things are, are uh, well, we've got to get this now and this now. But if you're not doing it according to God's plan, it's, it's going to blow up. And it's going to be a lot longer. His, he, he will guide you in the best pathway. Do you think the best pathway that God has chosen for you, is that going to be one that is going to be blowing up all the time? No. So he is going to lead us and guide us and help us in that. It's, he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to teach you. He's going to advise you. We need to be patient, though. We need to take time to wait on him. Just as an aside, I want to just, just put this up. Exodus 20. You go back a few verses. Exodus 20, verse 8. One of the Ten Commandments, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, we're not under the law in the way of, you know, there were so many things that you had to do just right. Well, we're not under that, but uh, the Bible says God made the creation in six days and rested on the seventh. That's why this, it'll say this here in a minute, this predates any law. You know, it's not regulated like it was in the Old Testament. In other words, you couldn't pick up stuff without... You, know, you see how much uh, controversy there was when Jesus was walking around about people doing stuff on the Sabbath? 
and he would do good things and they get mad at him. No, we're not under that. Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, we don't serve the legalism. But this was made before there was any law. This predates, this, this is God's principle. This is how your body's made to function. It's a, it's a, um, it's a rhythm. We need rest. And when we do that, we're, we're, well, I'll just read you some of the scripture. We're stopping. Impatience is put to the test in some of this. There's a reason why God told us to do these things. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. No, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. He set it apart. In uh, Exodus 34 verse 21, it says, Six days you shall work, but the seventh day you shall rest, in plowing time and in harvest you shall rest. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, in plowing time and harvest you shall rest. You know what that means? I mean, we're not an agricultural society, but in plowing time and harvest you shall rest. You know what that, you know what that means? I mean, I know I'm from Nebraska, I was around it enough. When it's time to get the crop in, people are going all out. And he's saying, even in that time, even when it's, you know, you could easily say, oh, no, 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 we need to go. We need to, we need to get this. And he said, nope. Nope, even in plowing time and harvest day, on the Sabbath, you stop. Why would you do that? I mean, God told us to do it, but what are some of the benefits? You're taking your eyes off all this stuff, and, and we are stepping back, and the purpose is we're supposed to stop, and we're hearing from God. Remember, He is guiding us. He's course-correcting us all the time. A lot of people aren't ever taking time out to hear Him. They're running so fast, they think, you know, you ever heard that fable of the tortoise and the hare? They think they're running so fast, but they got to stop all the time, God will keep you on the right track. He, you were stopping to hear Him, and we're putting our want to just get it, go, 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 and I got to see, it, it puts us back to where we have to be peaceful. We got to pull it back and say, God, where, what do you want me to do? It, it forces us to get quiet. It forces us to listen to Him. I mean, you don't have to, you can try to do something else, but that's the purpose, is for us to say, Lord, am I on the right track? It's refreshing you. It's getting your body rested. It's helping you to see again clearly. Now, what are my priorities? What am I supposed to be doing? And now, maybe you've been running like this, and God's, you're ahead of Him, but you start to stop, and you start to say, oh, there you are. Okay. Yep, yep, I'm supposed to be going just a little bit over here. And you just keep doing that. You stay on. You don't, you know, you don't get off track. You can get way off track if you're not checking in every little bit. But, it, it, you know, you're constantly course correcting. And so you're just staying on right with Him. His plan 
is working out. He's adding things to you, but we're checking in going, God, I mean, not that you don't check in with him every day, but he said, just take it out. Get, get that stuff out of your eyesight. Get it to where you're not looking at it because we're pulled. And the, the world will, will put urgency on you to say, no, you got it. Something's going to happen if you, ha- if you don't do this. Well, that's what he's saying right here. Even when it looks like we're going to lose the crop. I mean, what could be bigger than that when you're an agricultural society? That's a big deal. You can't just, I'll go get a different job just for a little bit and make some extra income. That's it. Yeah, God said, stop. You stop. And it's not, it's not easy in our world. But how many times, and I saw it over and over. I didn't always take a day off like, like I started doing you know, a long time ago. But, you know, stuff will push. Well, I just got to get this and I got to get this. And so many times then you realize the stuff that you thought you had to do, that you couldn't wait till the next day, then it worked itself out to where I just got suckered again. I ended up not taking the time. And there's so many times it was like, oh, I want to go do that. But no, nope. Shutting it off. Nope. I'm going to look. I'm just going to, I'm spending time with the family, whatever. I'm, I'm resting. And then by the time I got to that next day, worked itself out. It was a mirage. It was, not, it was like, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about letting God lead us and being patient as He is. How, we're talking about hearing Him. We're talking about being patient as He leads us and guides us. Isaiah 28, verse 16 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. It says in the, the King James of Believed, Whoever believes shall, shall not make haste. If you believe God, you're not in a hurry. If you believe He's with you and for you, you're not in a hurry. If you have the God of all eternity on your side and knows everything, why, are you in su- why would you be in such a rush? Sometimes we're in such a rush because we're afraid something's going to happen if we don't go that fast. If I don't get it done, so-and-so. Well, that's being led by fear. That's not being led by faith. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen your heart. The the margin of my Bible in that, when it says wait on the Lord, it says wait in faith on the Lord. This isn't just twiddling your thumbs. This is on purpose. I'm waiting on Him in faith, believing you're going to show me. You'll give me the next step. Lord, I'm, I'm looking to you. See, it's faith. It's, it's deference. It is yieldedness. It is yielding to Him, saying, Lord, I'm waiting on you. You don't tell me to move, I'm not going to move. If I don't have that peace, if I don't have that quickening, I'm not moving. Well, yeah, but I want to do it now. I'm going to miss the opportunity. That's not a reason to move. You stay, you, you stay in the same place until you know what to do. That takes discipline sometimes. That takes putting your flesh down sometimes. Sometimes you want to go and the people around you are saying, no, you've got to do it now, you're going to miss out. If you don't have that peace, like we talked about earlier, if you don't have that leading, you stay and you wait on Him. Just, you're waiting on him in faith going, he, he's got me. He's got me. 
If I need to move, he, he, is, he knows how to communicate with me. He is my teacher. He's my guide. He'll show me. If I need to move for my life, he'll show me. He knows if I'm getting it. Maybe other people are doing something else, but I, I, need, to be, I need to be still. It says, He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And Psalm 46.10 says, be still. Oh, right there. That, that, that can be a challenge right there. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know He's God. Be still. Know, Lord, you are, you are guiding me. You're my rock. You're my leader. You're my teacher. Lord, I trust you that you are showing me the best pathway for my life. You're instructing me. You're guiding me. You're helping me. You're course correcting. So, Lord, I, I'm trusting you. You're, the, you're, you're my master. So I want to see you out in front leading and guiding me. And I'm just going to be still. And I'm not going to move unless you're telling me to move. And as you tell me to move, then I'm going to move. And as you tell me to move the next thing, then I'm going to move. And I'm just going to go through life with you guiding me. You have the plan. You have the purpose. You know what's going to be there in, in the future. I don't. So you just tell me what to do now. I'll do it. And little by little, I'm getting in the place where you, your plan is going to coincide with my steps. He's faithful to lead us and guide us. Amen.